Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of Samp and Chance. I'm your host, Bobby Sampson, and joined with me, as always, is my man with the master plan, Mr. Chance Michaels. Chance, how are you today, brother? I'm doing pretty good. Enjoying the weather. How about you? Yeah, it's finally starting to turn around. Uh, a little chilly in the morning, but I guess that's okay. Uh, but by the mid-afternoon, you know, it's kind of, I wish I didn't wear pants weather. Oh, man. And tomorrow's going to even be better, so I'm looking forward to that. So, Yeah, I know. We're finally finally starting to click in, so it's kind of cool. Uh, wrestling, man. A lot of stuff happened this weekend. Um, AEW had their show. Oh, hey, you know what? Before I start anything, I got to remind our listeners to like and subscribe the podcast, man. Um, we're on Spotify. We're on Apple. Uh, we're on YouTube, uh, so no matter where you guys want to get your content from, TikTok. you can find us. Uh, yeah, we just signed up for TikTok. Um, I have no idea what TikTok does or how it works per se. I mean, I get the general idea, Chance, but I mean, in yeah. terms of navigating it and understanding it, um, I've been kind of looking at some of these things now and kind of trying to understand how it all goes. But guys, like and subscribe. I guess the bottom line is, is we need you guys to like and subscribe what we do to what we do so we can keep going here and, and share keep, share it and share absolutely uh that's another part of this so like subscribe share and leave a comment as they always say absolutely. um comments are awesome for us as well so don't be shy to share what you really think um we want to make it better so if there's something you feel that we can be doing better please tell us so we can uh get it going and, and go in the right direction i mean the show is for the fans i mean we do what we think is right but if we don't hear from the fans we don't know absolutely and we're going to carry on criticism pardon we're big boys we can handle the criticism if that's what they want to write oh fuck yeah dude look we we go back and forth we do we go back and forth with each other mm -hmm. right even before this started we were having a conversation about things on how we can be better to each other yeah and i think that's what makes us really work really well and you know that brotherhood is there that we can say stuff to each other without not making the other person feel like they're being um de devalued or, or or you know criticized in a bad way um Absolutely. so so yeah that being said if chance and i can say what needs to be said to each other you know i'm sure we can take it from you guys as well so please let us know what you guys think how we can be better that's all we're asking like and subscribe tell your friends you know i don't know I don't know how much more I the can subscriber say. counts going up every couple of days. We get a couple extra followers. You notice that? Yeah, yeah, I know. It's absolutely, you know, and a lot of it has to do with us kind of grinding the pavement as well, you know, just kind of yeah. getting out there, handing out the cards, letting people know who we are. Uh, so if you see us and you see us coming towards you and you see a yellow card in our hand, you know, it's us. So guys, you know, girls, grandma, grandpas, husbands and wives, children of all ages, like and subscribe, share, tell all your friends, snap and chance around the scene. All right. So that being said, AEW had double or nothing. The third, is it the third or the fourth edition now? I'm not well, following on that, to be honest with you. Okay. I think 2019, 2020, 21. Yeah. So this third. is probably the fourth now. Third or fourth, I say. Okay. Uh, this is one of their big tours, right? This is like their SummerSlam at WrestleMania. This is one of their big, big shows. Yeah, this is one of their two big shows. They got Double or Nothing and All In, right? Yeah, All In, and there's another one too. Um, They're all casino-based type of. Yeah, yeah, they got that casino. That's that's why it's cool that they had it in Vegas, right? Well, I believe this pay-per-view Double or Nothing is going to be in Vegas every year now. 
Is it? Okay. Yeah, it's, it's kind of its home now. They've kind of figured it out. But uh, yeah, they sold out the uh, T-Mobile Arena. Crowd was fire, man. I'll got to be honest, first yeah. and foremost, this fucking show was five and a half, almost six hours long <laughs> if you throw in the, um, the uh, pre-show. It's a long show, man. It was a long Ooh. show. Very long show. Um, overall, though, it was really good. I got it. I got to give credit where credit is due. It's not yeah. just entertainment. It was wrestling. It was pro wrestling. Um, so that's what you got. You got wrestling. Uh, the show started off with um, Wardlow versus MJF. Uh, the story finally coming to a conclusion. This thing's been going on for months and months and months. Wardlow was the hired help from MJF. So the story goes that he never actually worked for AEW. He was actually working under contract for MJF. Yeah. Uh, so he kind of held them to that. And when he kind of turned against them against Punk uh, at the end there, they really made his life hell. He was trying to get out of it. And in typical MJF style, he basically ran it as, um, okay, well, you have to do this or you have to have this match and you got to do this. And then I'll give you a match. And he went through all the hoops and everything right up to getting 10 lashes. I think that's like an MJF trademark now, getting lashes, eh? He did it to Cody yes. as well. Like, it's kind of his thing. Um, Speaking of MJF, they're saying that there's some trouble backstage that he took off right after the match and that he might be jumping ship when his contract's up. Well, I mean, he's got a long time left in his contract. I don't know how much of this is. I'm not sure how much left. Right? Well, he's got a year left. I mean, he's not going to be free till January 2024. Okay. Right. We, we, he's still got a year and a half to go on this current, you know, contract with with them. He made but, comments before that he wants to go to WWE one day. So I could see after this is over his contract, I could see him going to the big dance. Right. We can all see him doing that. Absolutely. But I mean, if he if he's doing what he's doing now and it's not a work and it's legit heat uh, from both sides, I don't know if Vince wants that. That's a good point. Yeah, it's hard to say. You never know in wrestling what's real and what's not. Right? It's just so much is so blurred now. Storylines are so blurred. I mean, you look at Becky and uh, Charlotte, for example, you know, when they had to switch titles and give each other the titles, you know, there was legitimate heat there. It wasn't a yep. work that they were pissed off at each other or angry at each other. So, you know, it, it's hard to call it at this point. So basically what happened was MJF was supposed to do an autograph signing uh, that he was yeah. supposed to go do. He never showed up for it. That's not right. That's a Saturday. But that Super being said, is it a work or is it, again, was it a work or was it real? I, I don't know. Uh, so then there was word that, oh, is he going to show up for the pay-per-view, right? And if you look at the match, it was really one-sided. Yeah, I mean, literally one-sided. The guy ate 10 power bombs in a row. He, right? he, barely, sure. he, he had no offense at all. Very un-MJF-like. Yeah. You know, so having that happen and whatnot, so you, you know, you basically wonder, you know, how much of this was a work or was it legit or, or what have you. If it's a work, it's a hell of a work. It's a great work. It's a great work if, they, if they're able to pull it off. Uh, yeah. But then again, it might piss a lot of people off if it is a work. Yeah, that's true. Right? You know, stuff like that, where they don't show for autograph signs, to me, that makes me kind of think like it's a work. You know what I mean? Yeah, but then again, if he didn't show up, yeah, you know, but then you're alienating a whole bunch of fans who came to see him that's, as well, like you real. were saying. Got all the kids, you know, excited right? to see you. 
work or no work, you can't do that part. I mean, there has to be other ways of making it a work without alienating your fans, Absolutely. especially people who show up there and to go for those things. Uh, match number two was Matt and Jeff Hardy, the Hardy boys against the Young Bucks. Uh, these guys did tangle a couple times before the Hardys did come back to the WWE. In fact, I believe they lost the tag team titles they were holding at the time the night before to the Young Bucks before WrestleMania. Uh, which opened the, yeah, yeah. So I believe so. Anyways, um, I know they lost the title. They had a match the night before WrestleMania on one of the other cards, a Ring of Honor card or something like that, that they were finishing okay. up with. And uh, they lost the titles there. Um, this was pretty good, man. They, you know, it was, it was a really good match. Um, a lot of mocking of each other, like more so on the Young Buck side. And, uh, you know, Jeff Hardy doing his daredevil spots and whatnot. There's this one spot where he jumped off all the, uh, off the ladder onto a stack of chairs. I believe it was in this match. Um, you know, pretty straightforward match for both these, for these guys, uh, hard hitting, very acrobatic, a lot of high spots, you know, your typical Hardy's match and Young Bucks match, right? Um, it was the match the crowd wanted to see and they gave the fans wanted, so you got to give AEW credit for that. No, I mean, a lot of these matches that they did, you know, were, were, were what they basically went. So, yeah, so Jeff Hardy defeats Nick Jackson via the Swanton Bomb. He finally got him. Um, yeah, that was pretty interesting. And probably one of the matches that was probably eh, crappy was the next one jade cargill against anna jay for the tnt women's title yeah. straight up squash I, I don't know what else i can say about it it wasn't much um it wasn't much there uh they were saying thanks for bringing that up so they were saying that the reason why this show was so long and kind of the middle of the AEW card was kind of stalled and dragged out with matches like that was because NBA playoffs game seven Celtics and the Heat were on. And they're waiting for that to finish to get their big matches on the back end out. Right, right, right. Well, they gave the time. I mean, they gave the first two matches good time. But I mean, I I, I think, you know, taking that into consideration as well, but I, the, the card was just long. Well, think about this, dude. If you're on the East Coast and you're in New York, this card starts at eight o'clock at night. I mean, this isn't done until two in the morning. That's absolutely ridiculous. Well, with, with all due respect to our fans and listeners in the East Coast, it sucks to be them, man. This is why I love yeah. living in. This is why I love the West Coast. Yeah, dude. Everything's right? at five. Everything starts at five. I mean, Super Bowl ends at seven. You can still go out if you want to, where everyone else in the East has to go to bed. Yeah, exactly. Right? I mean, our pay-per-views end at eight o'clock in the evening. We still have the evening ahead of us if we want to. Yes. So, I mean, that's the one bonus that we have. It's hard for me to kind of feel bad for them. No, I hear you. I just suck the fear in New Yorkers. And, and, and most times, outside of these pay-per-views per se, you know, most things are catered to the people in the East as it is anyways. Yes. Right? Well, I've I, got I, a kid, a 10-year-old kid. You can't keep him until 2 in the morning on school night to watch this, this damn pay-per-view that never is going to end. You know, it's crazy. It's a hard life being a kid, man. I, you know you what? Know. Hey, it's called paying your dues, bro. We had to go through it too. Yeah, well, and, and even worse for us because we didn't have replays and we didn't have YouTube and we didn't have all these things that we could go back and, and find it and stream it. That's if true. We, if we didn't watch it that Sunday, I had to wait a month to go to the local video store. And we're not even talking blockbusters here. We're talking, you know, Delta video mm. or, or, you know, something like that and wait for a month until yeah. that video showed up on their shelf. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Right? 
And and as a kid, you're trying not to watch wrestling now because you don't want to know who won. So yeah. you set yourself back a month <laughs> of, of superstars and Maple Leaf wrestling. That's what we watched as kids from the WWF back in the day. Um, you know, it was it was that was the case, man. Um, in this match, I believe Athena came out. Athena was the um, former girl that was in WWE, um, Ember Moon. Ember Moon, yes, that was really yeah. true. So, yeah. so she comes out as Athena and kind of disrupts the match or whatever after the match and whatnot. The one thing I found disappointing about this is uh, Anna Jay. Um, you lost a match. You know, it's a championship match you lost, but you don't seem perturbed by it at all. You know, you're more happy to see Athena come out and you're cheering for her. Where's yeah. the disappointment in losing a match? It wasn't point. there. It's just something, little details I'm picking up on, right? In terms of character and whatnot, like, okay, it defeats the purpose of what we just saw for seven minutes and 34 seconds. Fair right? point. Uh, match number three. I was kind of interested in this one. It was the Death Triangle versus the House of Black. This was really cool. Uh, this is basically way bright, way uh, Wyatt's faction, I guess you could say. What yeah. Wyatt would have done, what Bray would have done if he was in AEW. Um, if Malachi Black could have run with this, uh, or Alistair Black or Malachi Black, whatever you want to call him now, could have run with this in the WWE, he would have had something really special there, I think. I think they cut him, I think they cut him too short. They didn't, they didn't give him more time. Yeah, he's, a, right? he's a hell of a worker. He's great. And this match was great. So, so, so it was basically uh, Ray Phoenix and um, Pentagon and uh, the Bastard Pack versus Aleister Black, Buddy Murphy. And I don't recall the name of the new big guy that they have there. Um, I'm not sure offhand. But yeah, these guys went back and forth and, uh, you know, just, just some really good spots. I mean, with Black as well, with his kicks and his background in the martial arts and whatnot, these guys were moving. And you you can't expect any less from Pentagon and, and, and Ray Phoenix as well. Those guys are just high flyers. Great skill, great moves all throughout the match. Um, finish came when Julia Hart, who I'm not too familiar with, mm. came out to ringside and she joined the faction by playing Black Mist into Pac's face as he was about to jump off the top rope. And Alistair was able to get the win from there. So that keeps Black strong. That keeps Pac strong because, you know, it's not his fault that he lost sort of a deal. But do you see the similarities between the House of Black and Judgment Day? <laughs> Very similar, man. I don't know if they're just, they don't even, are they feeding off each other? Are they taking each other's ideas and trying to make them better? I'm not sure what's going on here, but very similar. Yeah, I don't know. Let's find out. But I mean, they're they're building momentum. He's one guy who left WWE who's actually moving forward. Yeah. Um, He's doing a damn good job, too. Yeah, no, for sure. So the Men's Owen Hart Foundation Tournament, how do you feel about AEW doing an Owen Hart Tournament? I mean, Come on. I don't care for it. I mean, just Tony Khan trying to, you know, get some I don't know what you want to call it. Get some, um, steal some thunder from the WWE, I guess. Use it. He got, he's got Martha Hart there, guys. He got her permission. But Martha's all about it. She's loving it. It's like she, she wants to slap WWE in the face so hard. Yeah. Uh, you know, I understand everything. I get it all. But Owen needs to be in the Hall of Fame, in my opinion. His bright 
full place is in the WWE Hall of Fame. Absolutely. Right. Yes, he fought in New Japan. Yeah, yes, he fought in Stampede Wrestling. I think they're 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 using his New Japan, um, his New Japan material to show uh, highlights and things like that because he was part of the junior heavyweight division there for a little bit as well. So you know, most of these guys have all fought in Japan, right? Yeah. So with AEW's affiliation with with New Japan now and whatnot, they have access to that footage. And yeah. so, you know, I'm thinking it's based on that, but it's kind of hard. It, it makes me sad that WWE couldn't get this done. It really does. Well, that them because she holds that grudge for what happened to him, right? No, and, and I can't deny her that either. That's that's absolutely fine. It was right? a, it was a fluke accident. I mean, I mean, Michaels has come down. McMahon's even went down. I mean, it just was. I get it, but he was the first one, and there were issues with the cables, I believe, and there were issues with with some of the harnessing and. And the clamps, right? I don't know the exact details, but something wasn't right. Yeah. Which caused him to fall, right? I mean, unfortunately, he had to fall. He had to die in order to make sure that they had a better system in place. Yeah. Right? I mean, these were still... Going down that next day before he was coming down on the harness and doing it, right? Before Owen even did it. So, I mean, it's a freak accident. It's very sad. It's very sad. It's very sad. But uh, that being said... um, Martha, please, you know, release the grudge. Your husband needs to be in the Hall of Fame. Samoa Joe versus Adam Cole for the first uh, Owen Hart tournament finals. Uh, Great match. I love watching these guys fight. Um, I loved watching them. Yeah, I loved them in Ring of Honor. I loved them on the indie scenes whenever they did tangle. They never did connect in TNA. And they never really touched in uh, WWE either. So it was nice to see these guys go. Um, Cole won it. You know, it keeps him strong. I think Joe's going to be more Ring of Honor side of AEW anyways. So I think the right guy won because uh, Cole's going to be more of a mainstay on the main show. Yeah. And Joe's going to be more of a Ring of Honor guy anyways, making, you know, sporadic appearances here and there. I think anyways, I could be wrong. Um, when are they starting that Ring of Honor stuff? When are they going with that? I don't have the exact dates, but I know that they've started some shows here and there. Some guys are champions. Some guys are holding titles already. I think Joe's got a belt yeah. for Ring I mean, of Honor there and whatnot. It's not going to be much more than what it was before. I don't know. I don't know. I, you know what? I mean, Joe kept telling Vince to buy it, buy their library. It was dirt cheap. Yeah, but like, I mean, Ring of Honor is good. I'm not knocking it, but like, it's like, what are they going to do with it? Well, I, think Ring of, w show? Like, I think a lot of talent that was Ring of Honor is going to come back to that. And run yeah, that no, as that a separate point. promotion. Yeah. They're going to run it as a separate promotion like New Japan, like Impact, mm-hmm. like all the other ones that they're affiliated with. They're going to have their own promotions. But this one, I believe AEW has more control and direction over the product per se. Yeah. And don't get me wrong. I like Ring Honor. I enjoy it. But I mean, it was never big to begin with. And it's not going to be big this time, right? It's just going to be like their Sunday Night Heat. You know what I mean? They're going to have some good workers. They're going to rest. It's not going to be a talk show like AEW, WWE. There's just no okay. way. I think it's going to fall in the realm of impact. It's going to be a B show, obviously. Yeah. But again, it, it's, it's, I think it all comes down to taste and flavors, man. What you like. You don't like onions. I love onions, right? No, no, no. I get that. But I'm saying nobody's going to be watching it. We're right. not going to get a big number. That's what I mean. It's good, but it doesn't mean people are going to watch it. I think the internet community will watch it. And that's basically most of Tony Khan's fan base. <laughs> yeah. So as, long, so as long as he's got those thousands and millions of fans on the internet, 
They'll be okay. Getting, uh, he's getting into a little bit of Twitter wars with some of his fans. You can't take that criticism. You never see Vince McMahon go and jog back and forth with the fans. I don't Vince even reads his Twitter. But uh, you can see Tony. He is, he's a very sensitive guy. Yeah, but well, he's heavily involved. I mean, he's not playing with his money. He's got his dad's money, right? Yeah. I know he's a smart guy. And, and, and considering Jacksonville is doing so poorly on every aspect of the field and off the field, you know, it's a, I'm wondering if Daddy's going to cut the first string so he can build up his football team, right? Well, think about it. I'm just saying, I mean, you hired a coach who didn't even know who Arnold, Donald, Donald, uh, the guy from the Rams, what's his name? Aaron Donald. Thank you, Aaron Donald, right? Uh, He didn't even know who he was when they played him. He was going to his assistant coach, hey, who's that guy? Like, come on, Urban. Come on, man. I know, I know. He denies he said that, but who knows, right? Who knows, right? But I mean, we digress. Uh, the women's match was the second one for this Owen Hart classic, uh, Owen Hart Invitational, Britt Baker against Ruby Soho. Here's what's really cool about this, man. Rancid played out Soho. Mm. That was really good. That was really cool. I, I have to give it there. It kind of made me feel a little old to look at Rancid because they looked... I didn't even know Rancid was still around. I know those three, four songs they got, and after that, they just fell off the face of the earth. Oh, no, dude, like I said, you know me, I'm not, you know, I don't have a huge American taste in music. Most of my, most of my music tastes are European based and primarily UK. So when, when an American band, you know, got into my years and I let them stay there, you know, Ratchet was one of them. Really enjoyed Ratchet. They had a 95 of their hits after that. I I didn't know what happened to them. Yeah, no, I I mean, I like their music in general. I mean, yeah, that, that one album they came out in 95 and 94 was really good. Um, but for the most part, it, it kind of made me feel old to kind of look at these guys because they're all gray and stuff now. They're in their fifties, yeah. so it's like okay. Just they look like just cool. a bunch of weirdo, weirdo punk rockers you see in downtown hanging on the street or something. They get that old, you know? Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. Um, but yeah, so so it was cool they, to see them do the entrance. That was cool. They're Crowd really cool. It. Crowd loved it, and you got to pick them up. I think we're about three hours into the show now. Yeah, <laughs> the actual pay per view portion. So probably four hours into the show at this point, and there's still a lot more to come. Um, so so these two kind of go back and forth. Again, really good match, uh, good back and forth, playing off injuries, playing off the back injuries and whatnot. Uh, finish comes at the end with, with Britt Baker finishing her off with, um, with a counter roll-up of all things. That's how she won. You know, it wasn't a submission or anything. It was just a really simple counter roll-up that she got, and she got the pin. Um, I think she won because her boyfriend won. <laughs> that could be. Well, think about it. Both of them had the same game, same uh, ring gear on. Both came out in pink. Yeah. Right? That, so, yeah. They had the, so they had the matching gear. Everything was there. I mean, I'm not saying the wrong people won, but I think in this case, I think Soho should have, you know, I would have given the nod to Soho myself. Uh, she could have used more of the rub. Britt Baker is already a star in AEW. Yeah. Uh, she is one of those individuals, I feel, that could come back to the WWE and get a huge pop, you know, coming in as well. That's my so. take on it. She's really worked hard, man. She's done really well for herself, right? To be fair, from when she was in the WWE, She's she's worked on her character. She's worked in her in ring skills and whatnot. Um, you know, I I think she could come back to to the WWE and actually make an impact. Considering there might be an open spot or two now, 
uh, so, you know, she, right? She, she's done really well. So yeah, I'm not saying the wrong people lost, but I think it would have done better for Soho, who came in with a bang, but hasn't really done much since. Yeah. You know, she's kind of floundered as most of the WWE expats, as I like to call them, have floundered. No, you're yeah. right. 100% of the money on that one. Outside of Alistair or Malachi Black, show me another WWE guy currently on the roster who's not affiliated with Alistair Rack. Let's say that. That's actually making an impact in that company. Well, I guess, if you count CM Punk and Jericho, I guess. Well, I'm not going to count Punk only because he's been gone for so long. Jericho started the company. I'm talking more recent, right? Like yeah. when when I when I asked this question, I'm referring to uh, Russo. Well, I guess you could say Jeff Hardy. Matt Hardy's he can't really move, but I guess maybe Jeff. Again, Jeff has just got there, right? Yeah. He's had his one or two big matches. Then what? He's fought Darby Allen. He's already done that match. They've already done that feud. He's already done the feud. What with about Daniel Bryan? Daniel Bryan. He's a standalone, only for the fact, because of his name. You know what I mean? You have a four or five guys that are in that company. Moxley. Uh, okay, okay, fine. John Moxley, Daniel Bryan, CM Punk, Chris Jericho. Those four guys, ex-WWE guys, yes, right? But Jericho and, and Punk are you know, pretty far removed yeah. from their time in WWE. Fair enough, right? Yeah. So, so, so they had their name to work off of. I'm thinking more Alistair Black and Malachi Black. I'm thinking along the lines of Rusev. I'm thinking along the lines of, it still might be too early, but Keith Lee. Keith Lee, know, yeah. Isaiah Swerve. Um, Ruby Soho. Ruby Soho. Tony, Tony, Tony Storm, even. Yeah. You know, like there's seven right there. I'm gonna I'm gonna start with those seven, right? Christian's taken pretty much the role of a manager, but yeah. I'll put Christian in the group of Jericho and those guys. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm still waiting to see who else is going to step up. Rusev has been a disappointment. I ideally, his injury, stock his stock is definitely plummeting. Injury or not, you know, it just it sucks for him. There's only so many spots you can have in a company, you know what I mean? But you're right, though. His stock is plummeting big time here. Yeah, right. And he came in with a bang. He was supposed to be this thing. And all these guys wanted to leave the WWE because they're not getting TV time. They wanted to leave WWE because they're not getting creative on their side. The grass isn't always green on the other side, my man. You know, they're, no, finding, no, no. they're finding that out, right? Trust me. You, know, you and I both know this, man. Life experience yeah. has taught us that, right? Yeah. I mean, you deal with what you have to deal with. That leads us to, my God, this this card's never ending, eh? Never ending, I, man. I guess this would have been the second bathroom break match, in my opinion. Um, American Top Team with Dan Lambert versus Sammy Guevara, Frankie Kazarian, and Ty Conte. Uh, Paige Vincent makes her AEW debut in this one. What do you think? Washroom uh, break match. Yeah. Uh, it was funny. It was fun. Um, for no, me, I didn't see this match. Did they let Dan Lambert get on the mic and cut a promo or what? No, Dan Lambert cut a promo before the match. And, uh, you know, he sounded solid. I think he was, I'll be honest, man, the, the Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page are very yeah. impressive. I like those two guys. Yeah, I really do. Good. And working with Dan Lambert, having them as a mouthpiece, 
You know, it, Lambert reminds me he's nowhere near a Paul Heyman, but he's probably the best manager on the mic next to Paul Heyman. You know, they're best manager on a mic. Absolutely. He's the best. He, is Dan Lambert the best talker in uh, AEW right now? I think so. I think so. He's better than Punk. He's better than Jericho, at least right now. Well, he's just his, his, his cadence, his yeah. approach, his emotion, his facial Delivered. expressions, the way he delivers everything. He delivers it with, with gusto and, and uh, a, lot of it. a lot. It's not hard to listen to this guy talk, to be honest. You know, I know you're good, and I'm not saying this because of what makes me think someone's good, but if you make me laugh, if a manager, if someone cutting your promo can get an expression or or some kind of sound out of me, you're good. Yeah. I know Paul Eamon's like right now, you know, overall, he's been doing it longer than Lambert. He's had some better promos. But I think in the last year, if you want to talk best promo versus best promo, I think Dan's ahead of him right now, just for the last year. Not the body of work. I'm just talking the last year. I think Lambert's as good or better than him right now. Yeah, no, 100%. I completely agree with you. And I mean, I think, you know, MGF is probably the best guy they have on the stick as a wrestler. He is. Yeah, I agree with that. Right? And I hope people don't get upset. But if you do, please leave a comment. Um, <laughs> I think Miz still holds that title in WWE. Uh, Miz gets a lot of hate, unfair hate, man. He's a, he's a pretty good worker. He's greater than Mike. He's been around a long time. How many years has he been there? 15? We're getting close to 20 here now, easily, yeah. man. And you think about where that guy started, okay? He, he took a lot of shit for coming into the company. He started off on Tough Enough, coming in from the real world, which I never watched. Never um, seen it. One of the early reality shows from MTV. He came on to there, and you know what? This kid has worked his ass off, right? He got kicked out of the locker room for eating chicken, you know? <laughs> uh, and the guy who kicked him out, Unfortunately, he's no longer with us. Who is that? I never heard this one. You never heard the story? No. Okay, so this is my understanding. Correct us if I am wrong. Story time with Bobby Sampson. <laughs> so the story goes like this. Uh, Miz was eating fried chicken, apparently, in the locker room over someone's bag. And crumbs got in the bag. And one of the locker room guys came up and said to him, hey, you know what? One of the who? One of the guys came up to him and said, hey, you're not allowed to eat fried chicken in here and crumbs all over the place. I'm kicking you out of the locker room. Mr. Chris Benoit kicked him out. <laughs> so after he passed yeah, away... Benoit's not a guy you want to mess around with. He's a serious dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So after he uh, passed away, um, Undertaker saw him changing outside in the hallway and he said, okay, kid, you can come back now. Right, wow. so it was a, it was the taker who brought him back in, but if you look at the Mrs. Body of work, you know, I mean, impressive. Think about it. Have you outside of maybe one injury, and that we know of that happened recently, um, the guy's never been hurt. He's always there, always entertaining. Always there. He's always working. He's done everything. He's main evented WrestleMania. He won at WrestleMania in the main event against Cena. What is he, a triple-time champion across the board now? Something like that. Right? Like, he's held everything at least three times. It's too bad because they cut Miz and Morrison short. I thought they were they were money together, man. Their video, the rap, the rap video they put out, them coming out together, they were great together. It's too bad. No. Yeah. Well, yeah, speaking of which, he debuted on AEW. Yeah, seen that. Johnny Elite. 
<laughs> he's a hell of a worker, man. What a talent. He's fun, man. Let's hopefully he doesn't get lost in the shuffle there. Um, so back to that match, uh, it was basically, you know, they, they were just, it was just discombobulated. I mean, if anything, you had two heels going, like two heel teams fighting against each other. Yeah. Right. I think um, Dan Lambert's crew took more of the, of, of the fan, you know, the fan favorites in this match. They did. Um, Kazarian was pissed off with Conti and, and uh, Sammy for constantly making out. And those guys are shameless in their makeout sessions, man. Oh, dude, they don't hold back. That's for sure. Oh, they really don't. I think this is the first time I actually saw it for myself, like, you know, properly. Like, Jesus Christ. Like, like I get it. They're dating and everything, so it's easier to do. But have some different, man. Like, the tongues <laughs> in each other's mouth was just something else. Like, I don't even think it was a close-up, but you could see, the, you know, the intertwining of the snakes kind of a deal. It was just insane. It was nonstop. Um, these guys started off as a couple and everyone loved them, but they have become one of the most hated couples in this company, you know, like yeah. it was just insane. And uh, they lost, they lost the match. They basically, the, the match ends basically with Scorpio defeating Frankie Kazarian for the, with the TK. That's a sick move, man. He cool. Have you seen that move? I've seen it. Yeah. I've seen it on Double Nothing. It's really cool. What is it? He kind of he Kazarian was on the apron on the outside of the ring, right? Yeah. And he does something where he springs springboards him back in, and it's almost like an RKO sort of. Kind of. As yeah. he's flying in the air, pretty cool. You got the timing has to be immaculate on that, right? I mean, for that one to work and to make it look so good, Scorpio Sky and and uh, Frankie, you know, it shows you how good those two really are. Super talents. Welcome. Yeah. Um, they gave them 12 minutes. I, I think it was a washroom break, like the Jade match was a washroom break. Yeah. After um, five and a half hours, you need a washroom break and a soda break, you know? Yeah, no doubt. We go right into Darby Allen versus Kylie O'Reilly. Kyle O'Reilly, sorry. Um, pretty, pretty snug match here. These guys fight hard. They, they're they're yeah. snug, very, very hard hitting. Um, these Brian's guys are. Kind of open, right? Pardon? Yeah. I think Daniel yeah. Bryan moved that knee and knocked him open. Who? Him open. Daniel Bryan. No, no, no. This, this is Kyle O'Reilly against... Uh, oh, sorry, sorry. Bryan. Kyle O'Reilly hit him with the knee and knocked him open, I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, uh, match for this one, Kyle O'Reilly defeats Derby Allen with a penalty kick and a diving yeah. knee drop. So, uh, I know we're not going into full details, guys, but there was just so much here that we had to talk about. What do you about, think that you know? was one of the stronger matches on the card? You know, from a, from a pure talent and, and wrestling perspective, and I do have a little bias because Kyle is someone we kind of know and we've kind of met. Hometown, isn't he? Right, yeah, he's a Delta boy as well, but um, also running into him at some of the uh, local shows here, mm -hmm. you know, a bit of a homer for me, but it's nice to see him succeeding. Um, he's another guy who left WWE. I hope he does well, but I think him being affiliated with Adam Cole is going to keep him on top. He's... he's He's doing good, man. And he's type, he's, one, type 1 diabetic, so that's not easy either. No, no, he's doing it all, man. So, you know, that was really good. AEW's Women's World Championship match, Thunder Rosa, the champion, versus Serena Deeb. Do you remember her? No, who is she? Remember Right to Censor? Yeah. Remember the girl they shaved the head of in the crowd? Well, that's her? That's her. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, very accomplished. She's considered by many to be one of the best female wrestlers ever. 
um, in terms of training, in terms of teaching and everything, Serena Dweeb Deeb is the shit. So this match was solid because Thunder Rose is no joke either, man. No. Uh, she's amazing. She's an amazing worker. I remember watching Thunder Rosa fight uh, in NWA, um, the Corgan promotion, a few years, about three, four years back. Um, so I've, I've been watching her since then. Yeah. And, you know, and she, she's an MMA fighter as well. So she, she's had fights in the cage. She kind of goes back and forth. But right now, I really think she's focusing on the wrestling aspect of her career. But this woman's creating a brand on, on her own. She's doing an amazing work. Um, good she match. Yeah. yeah, solid match, solid. back and forth. Both women got their spots in. Both women worked really, really hard. Can't say enough about it. Uh, Thunder won. She, she keeps her title. I think that's the right call. I don't know what direction they kind of go in with her now. I mean, I don't know who's left for her. I mean, she's her and Britt had that storied tale. So I don't think Britt's the one to kind of go back now. I don't know where they're going to go with her. But next woman up, I guess, get one of the young, young women a shot. Yeah, but you know, after having two solid programs like this, it's kind of hard. You kind of want to see her keep that momentum, that kind of storyline going, you know, gets. So you don't want her to fight a Nana Jay who's just going to shrug it off if she loses. Yeah. You know, so let's see. One has up his sleeve. No, 100%. And, you know, this is one, and this is one of the longer matches of the night. They gave them about 17 minutes for this match. Yeah. So, you know, but hey, this match was kind of cool. Anarchy in the arena match. Uh, the Jericho Appreciation Society versus the Blackpool Combat Club. You know who those guys are? Yeah. yeah, I've seen that match. Like you know what? It was fun. It was fun. It was hard to follow. It was everywhere, but I think they did a pretty good job keeping the key components on the camera and on the screen sort of a deal. Uh, that Eddie Kingston is just a fucking crazy bastard. Kingston? Oh, yeah. He cost him that match. I mean, he yeah. literally cost him that match. Um when I see a guy like Eddie Kingston out there, I just look at the guy like, I'm not trying to be rude and put the guy down, but man, like, uh, <laughs> he reminds say, say it. Come on. You, you know what? The, like, uh, the landscape that I see in the apartment building across the street, you know, like, he just, I'm not trying to put the guy down, but I just look at the guy, I watch him wrestle, and it's just like, how can this guy be there? I don't get it. Like, He's he a part should, of that whole crew, man. I mean, he was with all these boys back in the day, right? I, no, mean, I get it. I, I like, get it as well. I, it's that perception. I understand, right? Yeah. But, I mean, his character is just so fucking cuckoo. I'm oh, sorry yeah, to say. Um, Jericho was in a crossface. I don't know if it was Moxie who had him in it or it was Daniel Bryan who had him in it. Like, you know, he was about to submit. Match was almost over. Uh, so in this particular fight, you could do anything you want to anybody, and the only way you can win is submission or pinfall in the ring. Yeah. Right. So some of the highlights, you know, as soon as the match started, uh, Jericho appreciated it was full out. I mean, those dudes all came in from the crowd, and they kind of held their positions in the crowd. Jericho appreciated society, kind of jumped the railings, and there you go. Everyone kind of paired off. And- you get a Jericho. How do you think he's still working in his fifties? Jericho is doing fine, man. He's doing great. I mean, he's looking good, but I don't know. I almost wonder if he's just putting himself in these groups now where he doesn't have to work as much. I think it's that, and he's also trying to put these guys over, bring them up, kind of like evolution, you know, with Batiste and Orton kind of thing. Yeah, and he's doing... 
Smart. He's done great. And he's done great. Look what he did for Sammy Guevara. Yeah. He's able to stand alone. Now he's doing a real stupid storyline that could possibly hurt him. But I mean, he elevated Sammy Guevara. He elevated yeah. uh, yeah. he elevated uh Santana and and uh you know those two. Um I gotta give Jericho credit because about a year ago he was pretty out of shape. Now that guy looks great. Yeah, he yeah. basically decided to go on a diet and he looks pretty it amazing worked. right now. I think this blood this match was already bloody within the first two minutes. Oh, it was all out. It was all out. There was one spot where Santana and Ortiz did a double ladder spot onto a couple of those guys and just destroyed them right there. Um so the stupid part of this match was here. Uh Daniel Bryan had him in a crossface or or his finisher's LaBelle lock, and Kingston, you know. Uh, just stumbling to the ring looking drunk and what have you with a can of gasoline right <laughs> with a jerry can of yeah. gas i told you he's, i told you i think i've seen the guy landscaping in the apartment building see <laughs> he gets cut off work <laughs> jericho's in the label lock yeah and he pours a gasoline all over him and and daniel bryan bryan releases the whole like what the hell are you doing man like daniel doesn't like him anyways yeah based on the story yeah right so they kind of got into it and they start fighting and whatnot so basically the finish here well bear with me here sorry man my notes are on my phone today um basically the finish here comes with um chris jericho and jake hager defeat Daniel dying with a single leg crab and a rope choke combination so Moxley had taken the top rope off basically on two corners of the of the ring. Yeah. And so they basically had him in a leg lock and they choked him out at the same time to get the win. So Daniel stays strong because he never tapped. He passed yeah. out. And it makes the Jericho Association Appreciation Society look good. Uh pretty, pretty good match there. No issues there at all. Definitely one of the better matches of the night. No hundred percent. All right, let's get to this really quick, man. Triple threat tag team match for the AEW AEW tag team title. So you got Jungle Boy, Luchasaurus, the champions with Christian Cage against Team Taz, which is um, Hobbs and... um, Ricky Starks. Ricky Starks, thank you, versus Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland. Um, Three big men, three little men, your typical match. A lot of high spots, a lot of power moves. Finish basically comes with Jungle Boy defeating Swerve Strickland with an assisted sit-down slam. Right? So let's just call that what it was. AEW World Championship match. Hangman Page versus CM Punk, your number one guy, Chance Michaels. What was your thoughts on this match? What it was a hell of a match. It was the best match on the card. Got to give the guy credit. The thing I didn't like is I thought they should have kept the belt on Paige. I don't think Punk needs it. Paige is still young. You know, I, I thought they, you know, I was surprised to see Punk win. I get why they did it, but I would like to see the belt stay with Paige. But hell of a match. They both worked their asses off. What do you think? Yeah, I know. I thought they, they worked really hard. Uh, they worked really well together. The chemistry yeah. was there. And, you know, respect to Punk, I mean, the guy can go. Did you and, see the crowd boot Punk when he, when he messed up that move there with the knee, remember? Did you see that? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a fickle crowd, man. It is a fickle crowd. I couldn't it's believe a fickle that. Crowd. But then again, after sitting on your ass for five and a half hours, you, you wow. know, the last match, you don't want that. 
right? No. You don't now, expect that. Punk botched that, or I think he was selling it because he was, his knee, he's working his knee. I think he did that on purpose. I don't think it was. Oh, no, he did on purpose. It wasn't a botch. He, 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 it was a part of the storytelling, right? Well, what is the crowd booing about? Because they don't probably understand the psychology, or they're drunk, or they're just so fucking tired. Yeah, I like to rip on CM Punk if I can, but I can't rip on the guy. Like it was a good move, it was well played. He, he worked his ass off. No, all the match, best match the before, wasn't no. it? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. That knee, the whole thing, that whole the way it all yeah. played out, ring psychology at its best. Absolutely, right? The guy's not stupid. He's not no, stupid. No, you know, we, 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 we hit him hard and we, we have our opinions on CM Punk, but at the end of the day, the guy knows how to work. He delivered. And he delivered. He knows the psychology. He knows how to make it work, to make it real. I mean, think about it. You get your knee worked over, this and that and whatnot, and then you're going to be able to do some kick-ass move with that knee. I actually like, I actually like how he did that. I thought that was really well done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, for sure. So, Punk wins. Huh? You think he needed the belt? Like, what do you think of that? It was hard to say because I mean I don't think Paige was getting traction. Does that does that point to you? But he's still you know, young. I really I get he's young, but I mean this is not the first time that he's had the opportunity for this belt. True. Right. I mean he was the first one to compete for it against Jericho. In my personal opinion, like if you give Paige a belt, I would have kept on him. But I would never have gave Paige the belt in the first place if I was Tony Khan myself. I don't think he's a heavyweight champ. That's just my opinion. But I think the basis of him getting the belt was the fact that he's been chasing it since he started day yeah. one with AEW. He had the match with Jericho. He didn't win it. Jericho got the strap, which makes sense, right? You want a name. There was no way he was going to win that match. Yeah. But they were showcasing him as the future of AEW against the veteran. So the veteran won. I get that. Um, year, years of ring experience and understanding and the bigger fan base, that made sense. Then he joined up with the elite, and he and um, Kenny Omega were a team there for a while, right? And yeah. and then they they broke up when there was that, you know, and very similar to what Hangman was doing in this match, you know, he had the belt in his hand. Was he going to whack him with it? Was he going to use yeah. it as a foreign object? You know, very similar to what him and Omega were doing near the end of that match, and uh, you know, Omega beat him there too. So this cool. guy's always been chasing the belt. Everyone's always said that he's the one guy who should be AEW champion. They gave him the strap. He's had several to eight title defenses of it, but I don't think it was sticking. I don't think, I don't think it was sticking. No, but I don't know if Punk needs the belt. Though I would have gave it to somebody else. But yeah, no, I get it. But Punk has name, and maybe they're afraid of Roman. Maybe. Maybe so, they fear the, who the other champions are, and they're not getting the traction like their champions are. Could be. Could be. Right. Like I, I mean, that, remember that they were trying to say, "Oh, wait, Goldberg's going to show up in AEW." I knew that was all crap. Well, I don't think Goldberg will show up in AEW, and if he the does, crowd, then you know, that kind of crowd will not like Goldberg. They don't like those kind of guys. Yeah, you know, more of an indie crowd. You know, if there's money to be made, guys like Goldberg and Brock will go where the money is. No, I'm saying Goldberg would go there, but they're going to boo the hell out of him when he walks out there. The AEW crowd's not into Goldberg and John Cena guys. They they're about like CM Punk's and in that more the indie kind of style. Daniel Bryan, they don't like those. Goldberg and John Cena for the most part. Well, like I said, majority of their fan base is the internet wrestling community. Yeah. Right? I mean, everyone, nine, I would say 90% of their fan base is those guys. Yeah. I totally right? agree with that. Yeah. 
And I think that's what's going to keep them in number two. They're not going to get past number past number two. There's no way they can beat the WWE because the WWE is a global product. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, I mean, why? when when you got 56 million people watching WrestleMania in India alone for both days, 56 million. That's that's basically all of the population of Canada. More than that, double almost. Yeah, it's crazy. Right? right you know, double the population sorry yeah. you know like almost double the population of, of the of canada watched this show that show yeah. so that's that's the difference between wwe and AEW. they both got their markets they both got their thing and yeah they're going to run some big shows and you know what at the end of the day though that's why they will never be bigger than the fed no that's it fully agree well said all right so that being said, we had Monday Night Raw as well. Uh, this was the go-home show to, to Hell in a Cell this weekend. Um, do you want to talk about the show or should we just talk about Hell in a Cell? You can give a brief overview of it if you want. Okay. All right. So the opening has Becky coming out and, and getting on the mic. And I guess this is the new thing now. They got their one guy or girl coming out to start each show, maybe SmackDown or Raw. And yeah, there's always been a promo, but now I've noticed more so. Welcome to Raw and welcome to SmackDown. You know, you're hearing that from that one individual now in every episode. So yeah. I'm noticing that a little bit more. It's kind of like an introduction and a rundown quickly of what to expect tonight. But Becky comes out there and she talks about Asuka and how, yeah, you know, she she, she gave her the title and everything when she retired. But, you know, her plan was to come back and beat Asuka and, you know, carry on that way. But she didn't realize that Asuka would become selfish and greedy and, you know, what have you. Uh, out comes Asuka, who says that you're not ready for me. Her typical spleen. Um, yeah. Bianca comes out and says, I owe you, Becky, for, you know, what you did last week. And uh, Asuka, you kicked me last week. So, you know, there's a little bit of a receipt here for you tonight, which goes into match one. Asuka versus Bianca Belair. Bianca is fucking strong, man. I'm going to say that straight off the bat. Oh, yeah. Like uh, a guillotine into a suplex. So Oscar had her in a guillotine and she stood up with her, still carrying her, and brought it and turned it into a suplex. Like just the power. I get it. It takes two to do moves like that, but one, you know, the person has to be strong. Oh, yeah. Bianca's you know? one of the, probably the strongest female wrestler in the WWE. 100%. And she's so athletic as well. She's like the John like, Cena women's division. She's 100%. Strong. But the one thing she has on John Cena, I would say, is her, her athleticism. Mm -hmm. I mean, she's still fast, too. She can yeah. move. She can tumble. She can flip. She can spin. She can whip, corkscrew. Whip huh? Yeah. All whip of it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, for sure. Okay, so Bianca wins, mm -hmm. right? Which is kind of interesting going into a go-home show. I don't want to read too much into it, but I do remember as a kid, you could tell a lot by what happens on the go-home shows. Yeah. You know, usually the loser of the match has a pretty good spot and a good segment and, you know, ends up losing the big the title shot the next night. Yeah. So I don't know what they're going to do with this, but uh, Becky came in and she destroyed both of them. Right? She, she leaves the ring standing tall. So I don't know. I think I think Bianca keeps the title. I'd assume and so, but you never know. I like to see her and Blisco. I like to see that be the next program for her. One day they will tangle. Right. So collision course. I don't know if it'll be next, but it's gonna come soon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh Ezekiel and the Mysterios versus the Alpha Academy and Owens. 
Um, Ezekiel wins again. KO came in and he meant to super kick Ezekiel, but he, you know, unfortunately kicks uh, Shorty Gable there. And Ezekiel yeah. um, gets the win. Uh, Kevin Owens is very visibly upset. He's angry. He's pissed off. <laughs> it's kind of funny. Kind of funny where this is going. But um, yeah, those two are going to tangle. Yeah, Helm and Sell. Cody versus Seth segment kind of, you know, Cody comes out. He says his piece. Seth comes through the crowd. And this is what I thought was really interesting. Cody basically says, I don't like you. <laughs> right? I don't yeah. like I don't like anything about you. I don't like the fact that you're here. And this was a fun thing that he said. You don't have the right to destroy the throne on, you know, wherever you came from. I like and that. to come back here and try to take the throne. Absolutely. So, so to people who aren't familiar, it was either a double or nothing type of pay-per-view, I believe it was, or or one of their big pay-per-views in AEW. Cody came out very Triple H-like with the throne and everything and took the golden slam and sledgehammer and destroyed it. Right? It was that a was part a of this. Man. Pardon? I think that was a cheap shot at Triple H and Cody did that. Whatever the case may be, it was what it was. It's too so, bad that Triple H has that heart condition because that would be a hell of a program, those two. Well, I mean, if you think about it, the authority are all at home now. <laughs> yeah. Right? Both, even Stephanie took a leave of absence, right? So James gone too. Yeah. So basically, these guys started brawling, you know, just a nice little build up to their Hell in the Cell match, the one Hell in the Cell match that we know of now. Let's hope that Seth wins. I think he has to win. I mean, you can't lose three times to Cody unless you're going to put the strap on Cody next. Yeah. Right? But who knows? Let's see what they go. Uh, Bliss versus Drew Drop. Bliss wins with the twist of Bliss. Uh, yeah. I don't know what to make of Alexa Bliss. I love her character so much. I don't know. Like You look at her, she's becoming brighter and brighter. The dark black under eye makeup is going away That's ever fading, so yeah. slightly. It's fading and fading. She still has a doll with her. She's being treated as a baby face, but she has that little smirk and twinkle in her eye where I'm just waiting for her to do something. It's building. So she can, it's building. Something's building. I hope they do it right by her. She's really good for the company. And, yeah. you know, if you're going to keep her on Raw, you got to keep her strong. I think she, in my opinion, should be the next one for Bianca. It's a fresh story. It's pretty fun. I think you could do Oscar and Bianca as well without Becky around. But I mean, as long as Becky's in the picture, if Becky doesn't win, then what do you do with Becky? Right? Yeah, hard to say. They'll find you, something. Right? Do you send her over to SmackDown to challenge Ronda Rousey? But then you know what Bailey's do back any moment? She's coming back? Yeah, she's coming back. She's gonna be off injury soon. She's ready to go, I think. They just yeah. haven't they just haven't pulled the trigger on her. I mean, okay. Charlotte's due back too now. You know, congratulations to Charlotte Flair who got married over the weekend to her boyfriend Andrade El Idolo. Yeah. Uh, former WWE, now current uh, AEW guy. Um, Champa versus Ali. If Ali wins, he can have a future shot at the U.S. title. Uh, good and bad, you know, typical match. Ali was on the apron. Theory was out on commentary, pulls his legs out under him, hits his face on the apron. Ali wins via disqualification. Theory then proceeds to beat the shit out of him and says, why wait? Why wait for a title shot? Let's do it now. 
Yeah. So they get in the ring and Theory basically dominates him, beats Ali. And uh, as Theory's leaving, all proud of himself and whatnot, Adam Pierce comes out and basically tells Theory that Mr. McMahon would like to see you do this in a real match, not, not a cheap match. Yeah. So those two are now set for telling um, the cell as well. It'll be a good match. Yeah. Riddle and Shinsuke Nakamura versus the Uso. So Shinsuke is still trying to get something going with Roman Reigns. He's not too concerned with the Usos, but he sees his way to Roman going through the Usos. So he has now aligned himself with Riddle. Uh, these two go up against the Usos uh, in, an, in a tag team contender match. Uh, so basically, Riddle wins via DQ when Jimmy used the scooter. Yeah. Yes. All right. And basically, after that, we had the contract signing between Bobby Lashley and Omos, which I found interesting to close the show. It they was. Put, but they put more of a story together for this. I guess the WrestleMania match happened so fast that they didn't have enough time to build up a story here. But now you can see it over the last two pay-per-views. The story has been developed and they've done a really good job with it. So it's going to be a handicap match. MVP yeah. and Omos against Bobby Lashley. Um, contracts are signed. Everything is beautiful. Everything gets thrown out of the ring. Uh, Alexander comes in and tries to take out Lashley from behind, but then he destroys him. Omos comes with a chair and he basically soup or sorry, I think it was either a drop kick or, or some form of kick anyways that he got off and he ended up having Omos go through the table himself. Yeah. And uh, which Omos had set up. If they're going to close the show with that, I guess they're hoping it's going to be a big match. Uh, they get a lot of time in hell in the cell to have a good match. I'm assuming if they're going to close the show with it. Well, they're going to do something with it. But here's the thing. Now I'm looking at the Hell in a Cell matches so far, okay? This is a very raw, heavy pay-per-view. Yeah. Well, they'll probably add a few after SmackDown this Friday. But considering that Hell in the Cell is only two days after SmackDown, right? Roman Roman doesn't have a match. Yeah. Your main strap isn't being um, contested for. Ronda doesn't have a match. I think they're saving the big matches for um, Money in the Bank in Vegas. I get that. I get that. But here's Hell in the Cell as it stands right now. So Cody versus Seth is the official Hell in the Cell match itself. Yeah. Triple threat match for the Women's Championship between Bianca, Asuka, and uh, Becky Lynch. Owens versus Exegio. Bobby Lashley versus MVP versus Omos. Liv, Finn, and AJ versus the Judgment Day of Edge, Rhea Ripley, and Damian Priest. And finally, Theory versus Ali for the U.S. title. Like, that card is pretty full. Yeah. I mean, the card, that alone is a standalone card. Standalone card. Maybe uh, TLC, they'll do a little more SmackDown heavy, kind of balance it out. We'll see. I don't know. I mean, if you think about it, the only guys that are, oh, maybe Shinsuke and uh, Riddle will be on here against the Usos for the tag titles. The unified sure happen like that. Yeah, I can see that. Right. So, if that's the case, you basically got Shinsuke and uh, the Usos, the only two guys on this pay per view so far. Yeah. Well, I think I'm saying, I think for TLC, they're going to add a little more SmackDown flavor. You know, Roman will probably have a match. You know, that's what I'm thinking they're going to do in Vegas. They're going to go all out here because when WWE goes to Vegas, they go all out. They do. They do. Um, but this is not in Vegas, though. So. 
No, I'm saying that's what I'm saying. They're going to oh, say it's I see. matches for Vegas TLC. It's kind of interesting. They've already moved the venue, so it's supposed to be a Legion Theater, a Legion, uh, the Allegiant Stadium for for Money in the Bank. But now they moved it to the MGM Garden, which is kind of cool, I guess. I don't think um, TLC is a big enough pay per view for Legion. That was Money in the Bank, bro. Well, sorry, Money in the Money in the Bank. Yeah, I don't think it's a big enough pay per view for. Um, well, I, guess, I guess it was wishful thinking on their part that they could fill out the stadium or something like For that. For SummerSlam, they did. I was there, but this is not quite as big as SummerSlam. And there's no John Cena on the card. There's no big stars yet. So we'll mm-hmm. see what happens. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that's basically wrestling for the last two days, man. Um, yeah. A lot to digest. A and lot to digest. Long. Raw's long. It's eight hours, almost nine hours right there. Yeah, I, I had a family yeah. function Sunday, so unfortunately I couldn't watch it, but I came home and started watching it. And um, I think I started watching it at 10.30 at night. And I'm like, looking at them, I'm like, bloody hell, this thing is like four and a half hours long. Yeah, and they dragged it out because of the basketball game, right? They wanted it to finish and brought their you know, last few big matches at the end. But I mean, just go against the basketball, do your card, and that's too that's long. That's what you're supposed to do. Yeah, stretching it out like that is just way too long, man. Way, way too long. Five and a half hours is too much. Oh, six maybe even. It's almost six, yeah. Five and a half to six is crazy. Too much. Well, okay, the pay-per-view itself was over four hours and 30 minutes. Yeah. Okay. Um, the preview show, what, an hour? Something two hours? Right? I just... I didn't see it either, but it was another five, another hour there. So you got five and a half hours of pro, you know, of, of basic wrestling and uh, in one place. That's a lot, man. That's a lot to digest. It's a lot. And then, and then throw in three hours the following night. The raw, yeah. Right? You and I keep saying this, but I'm going to say it one more time in hopes that someone listens. Please make raw two hours. They won't, man, because it's a public traded company now and all the sponsors they want at three hours, all the commercials and stuff. But I agree. Two hours and you can trim some of the fat. Right? So what do you what do you take on AW getting all these guys at WWE wouldn't they compete? Now they're just like fighting their asses off. Samoa Joe, um, you know, uh, Christian. Like they're not I don't mind Samoa Joe and Christian, but at the end of the day, like they've been around a long time. They were never the top stars, the top dogs. So I don't think WWE minds. You want to take them and pay them? You can only pay so many people. You only have no. so many spots roster. Yeah, yeah, I get that. But but like, what makes them okay to wrestle in AW that they they can't be medically cleared in the WWE? Is my point. Well, that's a good question. I'm not sure about what's going on with that. It's always, I don't know, maybe different doctors have different opinions on your injury. Was it AEW is a privately owned company that it can be easier? Do you think there's more legal ramifications of having someone who's not medically cleared because you're a public traded company? You know, I, I don't know the answer to that. I'm just uh, asking sure. out loud. I'm not sure. Right? If anyone knows, let us know. We would love to know. Unless, I don't think Vinny, Vinny's losing any sleep over Christian and Matt Hardy and some of Joe going to AEW, right? It's like, yeah, they're not bad workers, but you can't keep everybody. No, Why? for sure. For sure. So, yeah, we, we got uh, Hell in the Cell coming up here. So we'll probably come back to everybody with a review show on that on Sunday. Uh, yeah. Just a quick hit. 
So yeah, we're starting something here. We're just going to call them quick hits. They're not official episodes. Uh, they'll be just quick little hits to kind of get the word out and let you guys know what we saw and what you saw and if you agree with what we all saw, sort of a deal. Uh, we did our first quick hit with the tank versus uh, Roly fight. Um, so I think it's something we're going to do a little bit more here and there as we go along just to get content out to you guys more and more. So, you know, stay tuned for that. This is an official episode, yeah? It is official. In the yes. Book. All right. So this is episode 22. 23. Is it 23? Okay, 23. Yeah, yeah. So this is episode 23, guys. Here we are. We're getting there. We're getting there. Um, all right. Listen, let's wrap this up because I know you need to go sit in front of a TV screen. Your beloved Oilers are into the third round. Uh, the more I'm looking at this rematch, uh, I'm going to give you my official prediction here, if you, if I may. Let's hear it. Oilers and six. Yeah, I was thinking Oilers and seven, but yeah, I'll, I'll take six. I hope. I think. Right. I think. I think Oilers are going to lose tonight. It's a tough game tonight in Colorado. They're going to they're going to lose tonight. They'll they'll come back and rebound, but I think the Oilers will win it in six. Um, I'm putting everything on Mc, McDavid's shoulders here. He's just he's insane. Best player in the world by far. Right right now, he's probably the best player in the world. I'm not taking anything away from Crosby or Ovechkin, but when I talk about his particular level of skill and, and uh, you know, just understanding the game, there's only two other guys that he can be considered a part of a conversation with, and that's Lemieux and Gretzky, in my opinion. Yeah. You know, Every and I'm not – man he's exciting you never know what he's gonna do he takes it end to end so effortlessly it's beautiful like, every time that guy has the puck and he crosses that blue line if you're the opposing team you're always scared that he could score because any yeah. shot he can score every time absolutely right? so beautiful. that's that's my pick for that series i think tampa should have an easy time with the rangers but the rangers aren't a joke I was thinking Rangers might pull an upset because Tampa's got to lose eventually. They've been there two years in a row. Something's got to give. Maybe the Rangers get a lucky bounce. It's a long shot, but I'm going to take the Rangers. Rangers okay. is Yeah, I'm going, to, I'm going to go Tampa because I think that experience counts for something. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, you can have a subpar or, you know, average regular season. You know, I, I, I learned long ago in hockey, in the NHL, the regular season is just an 82 pregame season. For the actual season, which is the playoffs. Yeah. You know, it's just 82 games to get into the actual season. So as long as you can get in and a team like Tampa, who just turns it off, and now they're a completely different team. You know, they're, they're nothing like they were in February and March. Well, they're definitely more talented than the Rangers. I'm just thinking they've been there two years in a row. They haven't lost a series. Maybe the Rangers get a lucky bounce or an injury, but Tampa is definitely the favorite. So I wouldn't be surprised. I'm going to go with Tampa based on experience and just based on they know how to handle pressure and they know what to do when it counts and, you know, the things not to do when it counts, right? Yeah. So I think that experience will come in handy for them and really propel them to the finals again. Tampa Edmonton is what I'm calling. It'll be absolutely amazing to see, man. Let's right? See. I think it's going to be fun. Um and if Edmonton makes it to the finals, I think they'll probably win the cup this year. Because of McDavid. Because of McDavid alone. Yeah. Well, he's so hard to stop, man. He's just so and he's so exciting to watch. It's it's beautiful. Beautiful. I love it. I'm glad he's on my team. Yeah. And you know, I thought 
Edmonton would have a really shitty time with Colorado, but I mean, based on the last three games that they played near the end of the season, they, they were very close games. They were, yeah. you know, it wasn't nothing to kind of, oh, one so dominant, the other wasn't, right? I mean, what did they do? Split split a couple of them Just at the end? It, yeah. Mike Smith's got to be better, though. He can't be letting in those soft goals because Colorado, they got a lot of firepower too, so he's got to really play better. Well, I think this will come down to defense, in my opinion, who has a better blue line. Um, I think right. this also comes down to players like Nassim Kadri. Oh, yeah, you he's know, great, too. You know, you're going to have all your secondary players. you got your McKinnons and you got your Landis Gogs and whatnot, and you got your dry sidles and, and what have you. But I think this is going to come down to blue lines and secondary scoring, in my opinion. Yeah, somebody's going somebody's gonna to be the unlikely hero. Who's going to be the unsung hero for Colorado or for Edmonton? Is it Evander Kane? Who knows? Well, it's happen. kind of hard to say right now because so many people have stepped up. I mean, look at Kane. How many hat-tricks has he had now? And you, and you look at that other he defenseman. And who's yeah. that defenseman who's always scoring? Um, Nurse? Hyman? 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 Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know? So this is actually, you know, there might be a lot of pressure on a guy like Darnell Nurse in this series because, you know, that big contract was signed and you really didn't hear too much from him in, in the Calgary series. Not really. Just kind right? of, I mean, they got, we got Duncan Keith, so, I mean, yeah. veteran knows how to win, so. Yeah. So let's see how it all plays out, but that's my prediction for the next two, for the next round here in the playoffs, and you're going Edmonton, obviously, and you're going Rangers, right? Rangers, yeah. All right, so let's see if these play out. Um Guys, again, thank you very much for taking the time to listen to us and uh, absorbing us into your ears. Um, I hope that we have a nice little place there set up for us now that we can come every couple, you know, a couple times a week and kind of just yeah. fill you with information. Um, again, like and subscribe, please. Uh, you guys, if you go to our Instagram profile now, uh, Sam underscore chance, uh, we've added a bio tree there. So if you can't find any of our pages or if you can't find us on Spotify or Apple or YouTube or TikTok, which nothing's really there yet, but we'll build it up. Um, yeah. All our links are there now, right? So all our links are available for everybody. We try to make it as easy as possible for you guys to get to these spots. Yeah. So please like and subscribe and thank you for listening. My name is Bobby Sampson. And I'm Chance Michaels, and everybody who downloads, listens, subscribes, and shares the podcast, we salute you. Absolutely. And in the words of the great Ed Whalen, in the meantime and in between time, that's it for Sam and Chance. Everybody have a great night. Chance, good luck with your others tonight. Thank you.